you know how like people they interact and mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we do to get to know each other is through music. Yeah. It's the one thing for even for, 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 especially in this, in our day, in the past 50, even past hundred years, music and live music mm-hmm. has been well, not live music, but yeah, even live music. Yeah. You, get to, you meet, you can meet people and stuff and you just you share a connection. Yeah. But I guess some people just have different, find there's so many genres to get into. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's like the group, the hip hop group, there's the metalhead group, there's the alternative, the, the pop. Stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, it's really cool. Um, yeah, going back to what you're saying about music connecting people. I mean, this stems all the way back into um, when music was used as in rituals of certain uh, of certain groups of peoples and their tribes, and and then you even look at it in the. Um, early like 1800s 1900s where people would go to symphonies and operas plays and stuff all all that stuff yeah and 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 so if you look at it from that angle music even in it even in primitive forms has always brought people together yeah and um i mean some are harder to strive into like i guess i guess I guess metal might be, in one sense, the hardest genre tech in, in one sense to mm-hmm. do. I mean, yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably due to the the aggression level. Because I think I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I know from experience, <laughs> the first time that I listened to uh, Slipknot's self-titled record, I mentally, my mind shot away from that record from. Because I was so shocked at yeah. how aggressive it was, and in that moment, in retrospect, I now know, like, oh, this is what people feel when we play the music, our music that we like, mm-hmm. to them that aren't as accustomed to it. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna go in the. It's not like you just go in. I I listen to all this pop and hip hop. Oh, what's this, Belfagor? Oh, first time hearing it, I'm in love with this. Oh, Belf- no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think that can. I don't. I may. Okay, I might be wrong. That's probably happened, but the average human, well, that that's not going to happen. It's like you to get into metal and stuff. It's like playing Dark Souls. You die a lot, but but then you get better at it. You get more accustomed to the feeling. Actually, that was a bad analogy because I played Dark Souls and I. Um, on on the contrary, I find that was a fantastic analogy. That makes perfect sense. I and I think even in music. You can, in other forms of music, you can, it, it's the same way, whether you're learning how to play an instrument or you're trying to get accustomed to an album that you sort of like, but didn't really, but didn't fully enjoy at first listen. It, you kind of have to, you got to take the crickets with the straights, as they say. You got to roll with the punches and deal with the adversities of, like, oh, my, I'm not learning this instrument as well as I want to. Or, man, this album's really hard to get into. You got to persevere. Whatever it is, you got to keep trying. You know, now that you've said that, I, I, it's a perfect analogy. Except yeah. it makes it even better because I gave up playing it. I traded it in for Outlast instead. <laughs> I that was much better. I that, mean, the freaking game is... 
if you don't know what that game is, it's it's you walk around this asylum and there's all these people that try and stab you and they're all like scary and mm -hmm. you can't fight them. I don't know what's wrong with this. Dude. I don't know if he has like some disease or something, but he can't <laughs> fight anybody. He just runs around with a camera and he's like, hello. And then it gets weird. There's like a weird priest that follows you. You're like, he's like, oh, you're the chosen one. And just like strokes your face. And it's like, who are you? And then he like tries to keep you there. It's like yeah, when... No, no. It's like when uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, played by Liam Neeson, found Anakin Skywalker, was like, you're the chosen one. And then they brought him back and they were all like, ugh, he's not the chosen one. What is he, like 20? Or not 20, he was like 10. 14, wait. He was like nine. And they're all like, yeah, he's too old. Go throw him with the rest of the garbage. Okay, so to recap, we went from metal to video games to Star Wars in one rant. Do, do, do you think that when they, if they, when they put Anakin Skywalker, when they tell them to go away and they put him with like all the other uh, terrible young Jedis, he went in uh, and they're all like, oh, what did you do? And he just like, I, 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 I did pod racing. And <laughs> the other kid just goes, I was working with Master Yoda and I tried to lift a rock and I couldn't do it. So they sent me down here for the rest of my life. Oh, God. <laughs> no. You know what? Okay. I think it's on to our next topic. I agree. What's on the docket for today, Pablo? Oh, I, whoa. The, this band called Lamb of God. Yeah. Or you can call them Log. Invitation! Yes, Log. Um, Best acronym ever. <laughs> Log. Um, yeah, they have this song called Redneck. I was about to play in my mouth the guitar part, but I just forgot it. I even listened to it today. I feel disappointed. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a song called Redneck. Yes. Um, their album Sacrament. Excellent album. Yes. And, Indeed. Uh, um, it got over 50 million plays on Spotify recently. Yeah. In this past week. Yeah, well... It's it's quite interesting because that was I mean the previous album Ashes of the Wake was a pretty big hit um, in the metal community. It got it's them like into Ozfest. Classic album too. Yeah, um, but it, it it was quite strange because with Sacrament that was the one that I, I think made them that made them truly like the next up and coming great metal band at that point in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And yeah. Redneck was kind of, it, it, I mean, it, it was a hit. It was a hit song or as hit of a song, as hit of a song as a death growled gr thrash groove metal song can be, you yeah. know? And, and, and it, it's, well, first off the chorus is hella catchy, but if I said it, a lot of people, a lot of sensor, a lot of swear, uh, uh, sensitive people will be very <laughs> unhappy with me. So I'm going to refrain. Um, yeah, but I, it's a very I, catchy I agree. song, and it, and it, and it, that album in general showed them, uh, their their musicianship and their craft really getting to the point where they could write songs that could start roping in new listeners. As, when you said before, they had it when they released Ashes of the Wake. The, a lot of bands would go through this. They have this band shows up with this 
awesome album. Mm-hmm. But if you can't follow up that album with another album that people will go woe to, then mm-hmm. you're not going to be as top of the line. You know what I mean? But when they were yeah, the you, segment, you, you, you they basically strike. hit their top. And I think even the records after Sacrament, if those were changed, mm-hmm. probably would still be almost just as popular as they are as they were when they released those two records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Could be I, wrong, I, don't, I, but I Yeah. I do know what you're saying, though, is that um, there have been bands that have had a huge album wow. and because they couldn't follow it up, they fell by the wayside. Um, I think, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, Candlebox, they had their self-titled debut album and had the, the song uh, uh, Far Behind. It was a pretty big radio hit and the, album, and the album's good. But as far as I can tell, they didn't really follow up. They didn't follow up with a, a, a big record after yeah. that debut and they kind of fell by the wayside sorry to all of you candlebox fans out there i don't i do, i mean no offense still love that first record um you can say the same thing about bush absolutely was 16 stone their debut i believe it was if not it, if it but it was their album that got them big mm-hmm. but yeah they didn't i think the rest of their albums are fine they're not terrible they have like mm-hmm. maybe, they each have like one awesome song and then the rest are like, eh. But mm-hmm. They're one of those bands that just yeah. have that. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder if they were, when Lamb of God was uh, recording, because um, Redneck's about um, Randy, Randy Bly. Yeah. And I wonder if when he left, Mark, like, Mark, Mark, Mark Morton's like, okay, guys, the, red, the Redneck just left. Let's write a song about him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be great. Um, and then, like when they released the album, he he didn't even realize that it was there. Huh? Oh, what's the what is this song? Yeah, I, I I I find that the Rand Randy Bly as a as a as a person, from as far as I could tell, is one of the most it's one of the coolest re- redemption stories of any rock metal person I have ever heard. Cause he was a, cause l- let's face it. He, first off, he, he was a, an alcoholic egotistic, pardon my language, but it just, yeah. he was, he was mean and he was aggressive. Um, the, the infamous, uh, the infamous fight between him and Mark Morton after a show. Um, and it, it really was, you could tell like, Ooh, this guy needs to work out some issues, but you know, I really think he, he really did, uh, clean up for the better. And, and, and in that regard, like redneck has become somewhat of a song that you could, you can use that for any person who finds themselves to be, who find themselves thinking they're the center of the universe and think it's all about them officially stop being the jerk just wondering like in the- i do not know when he found sobriety i think it was 
it was pretty late. It wasn't super late into the career. I want to say it was. Was it when you went to I had, prison or was that before that? I think that definitely helped humble him a lot um, and be a better person. Um, but then again, there, if, if you recall, there's a song, the last song off of their 2012 record, Resolution, mm-hmm. was called King Me, like King Me. And you listen to the lyrics and the way that I interpreted them was it, it sounded, it almost, when I heard those lyrics, it almost was like Randy wrote them to combat his ego because it, because it, uh, it, it's because the chorus is King me is killing me. So to me, I interpret that line as that, his, his egotistical self is killing him from within. And he's, and that song I think was to try to combat that. So I, I think he, I, I want to say that maybe he was becoming aware of, of that side of him and that, uh, that issue of him well, around resolution, but I have well, no clue to be honest. I mean, the album resolution, if it's about, if, if, if the album because the album resolution it's like oh i resolved who i am mm-hmm. must be. yeah that's good most people will probably don't go through that realization mm-hmm. and i bet like yes even now he has a hard time not being he has to always <laughs> think about what he does mm-hmm. but you know that's good that he notices yeah love you randley randley randy not randy Rand- <laughs> <Randley laughs> oh, <Blith>. <laughs> Also, Pablo's. I apologize for saying the A word. I Don't did, worry, I, it, guys. It, it came out of my mouth. You may, not, you may not have heard it because there was a garbage Lars Ulrich drum sound. <laughs> I'm not going to insert it there. I might insert it after this again, just so you can all hear it and it's all its disgusting glory. Uh, oh, so I'm so good. happy their tour didn't have all the snares like that. <laughs> oh, that would have been the worst Metallica tour. Well, I don't know. I I, I think that that snare has its own charm, but it only for the. Album. I don't know. No yeah, other album. I, I don't know. We couldn't really. I don't know how that how well that would have transitioned. All right, Pablos. What, what's what's up? What's up next? What's up next? Um. Oh yeah. So. Up next, we've got a band that called Batushka. This is sort of old news, but I still would really like to talk about. This is a band that I found out about, I want to say, last year. I never listened to their music, but um, until actually a couple weeks. So a couple weeks ago, I came to a... I listened to three or four black metal bands, one of which was... Batushka, and I listened to their first album, which was released in 20, I believe 2017, was called um, Liturgia, and that album opened my eyes to an album, to, to a genre that I believed, once believed to be the worst genre, subgenre in metal, and based, so their sound for the album and their generic sound is is heavily driven by a choir-esque um, sound 
from uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church, which has a lot of what I what is called um, Byzantine chant, and a lot and um, the Eastern Orthodoxy is basically one of the most ancient traditions of the worship of God, and it's surprisingly the the choir the choir sounds fit very well with the combination of what of Batushka's classic black metal sound. And the album is actually, because I've listened to it several times since the past couple weeks, but it's quickly becoming one of my favorite band, uh, band's albums. Uh, George, you listen to it too. What, what, what would you say is st- makes it stand out from the rest? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, is that just the fact that they combine it with this this very s- specific and unique kind of choir arrangement behind the black metal sound? I mean, we all know a typical like I, I mean, granted, Behemoth is no longer a black metal group. They're black and death metal slash death metal, whatever you want to classify them as. Yeah, but they use a more traditional choir and like even then like that even then like uh them cradle of filth and demu burger are some examples of metal bands in that extreme metal realm that utilize a choir to create these grand uh epic arrangements of songs but more specifically Batushka set sets even themselves apart from those bands because again of this specific choir style it's from a specific organized religion and therefore it has its own unique style to it and i think that's what makes it incredibly unique and uh granted i've only listened to the album once uh a request on your behalf Pablo's. yeah um like uh, a couple days ago and it's it, it's a really cool album from a creative standpoint i don't know if i myself am going to be a big fan of this band yeah. like as a fan but as a as a, a person that might want to pursue songwriting and just is a creative person in general i i thought it was a fantastic record just yeah. you could totally see creativity was just bubbling at the brim so to speak and i think um the reason that i find this this i think this album is the liturgy is my probably my for me the my favorite black metal record now this band is only like four or five years old for a band that's only been around for like less than like five years they have quite a history that's kind of crazy that that yeah it's a type of history that could that not many bands have ever gotten um but, probably the o- only band that i know that has gone through something like this yeah so here's a message from the man who the genius behind the sound and the idea and everything uh his name is christoph christoph Drabakowski, and he has a, and he uh, on and in um, December thirtieth of twenty eighteen, he recorded this message. 
name is Krzysztof Drabikowski, most of you know me by the moniker Christopher, the leader and creator of the musical project Baciuszka. I am recording this video because I have lost control over Baciuszka website, Facebook page, web store and as of Tuesday even the Instagram account. This is the only way I can tell you what is happening and how my former vocalist is trying to take the band away from me. I created Baciuszka in the spring of 2015. I'm the author of the music, lyrics, the name, the paintings that you know from the album cover, and the oval monk image idea. I have made the musical arrangements, wrote the melodies, and recorded most of the instruments on the liturgy album in my private home studio. Before the finishing touches, I invited Martin Krishuk to do the vocals according to my guidelines, Martin Bilem to record my drum parts on acoustic percussion. Baciuszka was meant to be an anonymous uh, musical project and from the beginning the idea was to keep the lineup unknown to the public so that the listener could focus their attention uh, on the musical experience itself. The album released by Christus under the label became a hit. The demo for a live show from all over the world was enormous. So I decided to, with the help of my friends, bring Baciuszka's music to the live stage. During the past two years, I have written and recorded the material for the second Baciuszka album, and Krzysztof pressed me to release it as soon as possible. As I wasn't satisfied with the result yet, I postponed the release of the follower of Liturgia, which followed with Krzysztof declarating his leave in the band. On the Friday of the 21st of December, I learned that Krzysztof hired a musician to produce an album that he planned to release as the new Baciuszka records behind my back. He also registered Baciuszka as his personal trademark. Before I managed to do anything, he cut off my answers to all Baciuszka's media platforms and tried to enforce some kind of censorship on all media interested in the band situation. In response, I have taken legal action and have been advised by my lawyer to not say anything further. All the new pictures you see on the website and Facebook page are of Krzysztof and random people like his son pretending to be Baciuszka. Every upcoming festival claiming to have Baciuszka in the lineup has made a deal with Krzysztof and not me. I would like to kindly ask you to copy and share this message wherever you can let the truth be heard. As you know, the only true Baciuszka will be that without a f behind the mic. Thank you for watching and thank you for your support. Well then, it's a lot that happened. Yeah. Basically, what ended up, what happened was, um, Christoph decided to make this project, Petushka, and I am, I, I, he didn't, have any big projects aside from that he had that set up all the lyrics all the um instruments have been recorded he just needed someone to record the vocals so he asked uh Krishuk to do this and after the album was released it became an underground hit and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it got shared all over and with that of course a demand for a live performance he said that during the during between 2017 and 20 mm, whatever year he uh was working uh 
Christoph Drabikowski was working on another Petrushka record. And Krushuk, um said, uh, I need an, uh, a record to be out soon because everyone's, you know, demanding and new music is always good to happen now rather than later for people. But to, and, and this is fair for what um, Christoph wanted. He said, no, I want to, it's not ready yet. I want to add more of what I want to add. I want it to be more perfect. And that's fair. That's completely fair. I'd rather hear, um, it's like, it's like when Tool was releasing Fear Inoculum. Mm-hmm. It took a while, but it was worth it at by the end because it was a fantastic record. Absolutely. And went behind um, Christoph's back and he um, ended up signing the... made a deal with uh, Metal Blade Records and was working on another Batushka album behind uh, Christoph's back. And he didn't know this till 2018. And as he said, by the time that happened, he had lost control of everything except for the YouTube channel, which is where he released this the, the statement. And he didn't say this in the video, but uh, the album that was being worked on was by uh, Krishik ended up being called Hospadi and was released again through Metal Blade Records. Now, in an effort to to show that he that uh, Trishuk, no, that um, Christoph wasn't lying about his statements that he was actually the creator of the band, he went and released another uh, an album a week before um, Trishuk's Batushka came out. Now, Christoph's album that he released was called Panahida, and I understand and I listened to the record and. It, it's not nearly as dynamic as uh, Liturgia, and it wasn't as heavily driven by the choir than it was before. But I don't blame him, because when you're trying to quickly release something that, that shows that you are the true mastermind behind what you have created, then you would probably want to try and get the truth by making some, getting something out there as soon as possible so that no one knows you're lying. And if you listen to both records, both of the Batushka records from one, the fake Batushka, and then the real Batushka, the Panahida album, it doesn't sound as, again, dynamic. It doesn't sound as um, production-wise as good, but it sounds more like Liturgia. And Hospodi, sure, it has the choir, but it's not as prevalent. It, it mm. sounds like a, it sounds way more like an actual normal, like generic black metal album than whatever, than the unique idea that Kristoff created. The, um, and this, this, after that, after that happened, everyone started turning their heads toward the fake Petrushka and saying, well, we've been this isn't the real Batushka. So mo- most of, if not all of the fan base, as they should have, went to Kristoff's side. And mm-hmm. Batushka at this point was becoming such a big name, mostly because, I think mostly because of, one, the Liturgia album, and two, the 
whole story of what was happening to the band and the divide and how there's now two. And Hrishik's version, Fake Tushka, was doing a, was going to go on a huge tour and that they were becoming the, the band was becoming big. They were going to they were replacing even Demo Borgir on a, at a festival. And they had to cancel the entire tour because they all could now see the mask that was unveiled mm. from Trishik's fake band that was just ripping off his former ac- accomplice or whatever you want to call it. And Bandmate, conspirator, yeah, creative partner, etc. All, all those terms. And so. I don't know who what happened with the rights, but eventually Christoph is, was able to uh, get a tour so he can tour for pan, for the album Panahita. And which is, which is nice because so he would have kept touring, but they were touring up till uh, COVID hit. And there were, and before that, there were no other um, tours for fake Tushka. Hmm. Now the worst part. Now the, the now here's the, the here's the the worst part that came out of this. Metal Metal Blade Records didn't. They knew what was happening after, especially after the announcement happened from Jabakowski, and they didn't do anything about it. They just they they in fact helped with deleting comments from. From Metal Blade Records, um, releases of the music videos from Chick's mm. fake version, mm. and so that you couldn't see anything, and but they, I mean, they couldn't remove the dislikes because the dislikes were all from like a thousand likes to one point five thousand dislikes. I feel like the uh, music industry, even if though it's an independent record label, cares more about their money rather than their the truth. Yeah, that. Well, it's interesting because this history, the history of Petushka sounds something straight out of a movie or a reality TV show than it does in yeah. real life. I mean, in terms of what Metal Blade did, from a business standpoint, I can't blame them. Petushka was, is an up-and-coming name. As we said, you know, Liturgia was a big hit with the with the the metal community and the fact that it was a uh, a potentially a new band that could you know bring in a lot that is was a pretty healthy monetary prospect for metal blade i could see why they didn't want to drop them from the record label i mean i am of course disappointed that they didn't do that because Come on, you got. I mean, you got to have some morals. But from a business standpoint, I I get it. I kind of get it to a certain degree. Um, anything. It, it's just weird to me because fake Tushka was literally the way it was, just because the vocalist decided to use the name so it could so he could elevate, so he could sell more records and get somewhere else quicker the least he could have done was just release this project that he was working on before as a solo project or something yeah like a whole new band or whatever he just threw and then he decided well i'm gonna take their name and i'm gonna because the band he want uh, as 
Christoph said. He wanted his band to be anonymous, so that it could be more about the music. And, well, the opposite happened. Now there's two bands, but he could have just... He could have just released it by himself as, like, another a different band. Instead of having to throw little bits of choir. Yeah. But the, the, the interesting part is that you can tell how completely, like, even though he tried his hardest to make it sound exactly like a Batushka album, he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to yeah. how creative Christoph Drabakowski is with the yeah. band. And how, if you even if you listen to Panahida, you can easily tell that it sounds way more like an original, like an actual Batushka sound. Mm-hmm. Like the other, like, sure, Pospori, uh, the fake Tushka album, is heavier, sounds better, and it might have a little bit of choir in there. It sounds cool, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It, it doesn't compare to what is what Batushka signature their signature sound is. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't give you what Batushka is supposed to be. It doesn't give you that Batushka taste. Yeah, um, and I think this gets into an interesting discussion of musical style right because well i'll just use this as an example when dave lombardo departed from slayer for the for the first time in 1991 after slayer did their very successful tour for seasons in the of the abyss for their follow-up record divine intervention in 1994, they brought in uh, Paul Vostok, um, mm-hmm. excellent drummer. And when you listen to that record, you can tell it's a different drummer. You just can't. There's nothing wrong with Paul's drumming. It's, in fact, some of the cool like his drumming on divine intervention is some of the coolest metal drumming i've heard yeah period but it's but it it is a little bit it's not like dave lombardo's drumming um there's something about dave lombardo's drumming that feels um more slayer not more not well yeah but I think also it feels more, more straightforward, blunt and, and uh, simple or more simplistic in terms of musical composition. And you're used to that. Bostock, his drumming on Divine Intervention is more tricky, if you will. It's, it's, there's a little bit, there's like other things sprinkled in there. Because, like, I don't know. The, the thing that makes Slayer's drumming incredibly uh, inspirational, like, the, the, the reason why every single, base, almost every single metalhead drummer that you have ever met that has ever listened to Rain and Blood is inspired by Dave Lombardo. And there's a reason for that. It's because his drumming is tight. But it, it it's not super complex. It's just really fast. 
Because his fills, I mean, his intro fill on Epic on uh, Epidemic is very mind bending. But it again, it's straightforward. It's not like he's doing jazz fusion drumming or or some prog metal thing that totally blows your mind. It's just it's just pure speed. It's pure. It's how tight it is and the speed at which he's drumming. This is not, but again, it's not being chaotic like a Joy Jordison or something. Correct. That's that. That's actually a great comparison. If you think about drumming going towards the more chaotic side of things, like Joey's, Paul Boss stuff is a little bit towards that, just a tad. But Dave Lombardo is further away from that style of drumming. Again, there's nothing wrong with that style of drumming. In fact, I love both. I, I, I love metal drumming, period. That's why, I, that's why I play drums. But it is just different. And going back to Petushka, same thing here. Krishik, his interpretation of what Petushka was or what he was making Petushka with... Or what he thought he what he thought it was. Right. Is not the same because he wasn't the composer of Liturgia. Yeah, he didn't write the lyrics. He didn't Yeah. Even the whole image is even the whole image was not his idea. Right. He just was a hired gun just to 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 do the vocalizations. Mm-hmm. So I hope that uh, this whole thing can, that the real Petushka can keep putting out some good work and keep moving forward because this, I mean, there's no other way to say this, but it's just tragic that this happened. Yeah. Because it could have been avoided entirely. if Because of greed. Right. If Krishik could have settled for, okay, I'll have to work from the ground up to get this, whatever black metal album project known he but he didn't he he saw the chance that he could get immediate success just by using the patushka name and as a result he even created a huge rift he didn't they signed on they had been signed on to metal blade for a while Hmm. or even this like they were if i remember they were signed on to Metal Blade even in late 2017. But mm-hmm. even then, um, Kristoff had no idea that this happened. Because this was all Krishik's. This is his dealings, not him, not not Kristoff. Right, he had no knowledge of this. And it's... It's... It's unnerving that that happened. But... I think it, it. I think it's all getting better because, yeah. Um, now that everyone again knows that, where that uh, which the who the real Batushka is, mm-hmm. even before COVID happened, uh, Krushik's Batu- fake Tushka was, they had to cancel every show because of lack of interest or lack of money, and the people who did show up, most of them were there to talk trash, <laughs> say you suck or screw you you aren't yeah you're stealing from the real the, the real mastermind yeah and i think if you don't mind um 
I, I want to take this this line of the conversation because we know, uh, you know, Metal Blade had a hand in this. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how how the music industry, you know, with and metal and all that, how that is doing today. And I just kind of wanted your, I guess, to talk about what's your opinion on that that side of things. The music industry and metal. Yeah, like how it is today because like i mean granted definitely not the same as it was in the 70s or in the 80s or in the 90s or even 2000s so yeah things evolve mm-hmm. like i mean for example you told me or when when cory taylor was going to be a part of anthrax that when that almost happened wrote yeah came in and said nope he's ours don't want him on right. out with anyone else. Right. But let the creative... You, you can't take creativity away. And that, that mm-hmm. thing... You just stop something that could have... Sure, it could have been terrible. But it also could have been great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The music industry um, in general is... Like, there's so many pop stars but the only reason they're famous is because they look at someone who's being an idiot takes them yeah and gives them stupid lyrics just yeah. them do anything they want in this music video and they release it on some major label and then it becomes yeah. the center of attention and all and then that's how they make money yeah it's not happening as much in rock and metal and stuff but it Hard, hardly at all, if I if I remember, because I mean, you're not seeing a lot of one man project rock and metal bands finding doing that, and even then, the one man projects are usually in like black metal and and stuff like that, where you know there's a lot of musicians that have a very specific image in mind and want to have complete control over said image. And as, as a result, they, they do a, a one man show, like so to speak. But even then, like they're writing their own material. It's not like they're, it's not like they, someone hired a professional mm-hmm. musician to write stuff for them. And maybe not even a musician, just somebody that knows how to write music and then hands them the, the music or whatever and be like, here you go, do whatever you want. Like, yeah. to me, music should be by the artists and for, and for the fans and, and consumers, right? It, this, there should be, it should just come from them from entirely. The heart, straight from the heart. Exactly. That's why when it comes to pop i don't i don't give a lot of negative commentary about artists like sean mendez and taylor swift because they write their own music that's the bottom right that's the bottom line for me or and and also you could Exactly. I also throw Ed Sheeran in in this whole in in this group as well. They are Bruce Malone. Yeah, right. They 
yeah, they are in they are the in the midst of pretenders and people that don't write their own music. They're the ones that at least write their own material. And to me, I can respect that even if I don't like your music, even if I don't like their music. And and I don't and to be honest, I don't really, but I I gotta respect that. Also, um Yeah. Um, I, I guess Harry I... Harry Styles is another one. Like that guy, um, Justin Timberlake as well. Like they they all cultivate their own musical arrangements and they do a good job at what what music they want. So like Nickelback. Uh, well, I I mean, y- y- yeah. I mean, the sure. original. Yeah, that that they got that going. They got they got. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Uh, There's God. someone took a someone took that and said, "Look at this graph." Look at this graph. It's like that's 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 music at its. Generic. That, they're like the generic my they're like the generic embodiments of rock of just rock new like rock <laughs> pop. Yeah, it's they I mean uh, at least the one thing I can say about Nickelback is they don't change their sound. Yeah. And they don't care. Yeah. And they know how to deal with the garbage. I mean, sure. They're fun to give gar- to throw trash at. They're fun to spit on. Because yeah. it's Nickelback, Chad right? Like it's it, it's just a meme. Like I I don't actually hate them. I mean I I do. Hold I don't like their little... music very much, but yeah, I, decent songs. Yeah, and I do hold resentment towards Chad Kroger for uh for quote unquote uh spitting shade at Corey Taylor and making fun of Slipknot and his projects. And it's like, okay, well, first off, Chad, Chad, first off, when you're dealing with Corey Taylor, the last thing you want to do is get in a verbal fight with that guy. You're not going to lose. You're not going to lose to that guy. Well, he's not. Well, Chad Kroger's not going to win at all. Corey Taylor, if there's anything that I've learned by observing his interviews and his beat, um, and you know his behavior and how he functions as an artist it's that that man if you like make you know if, if you talk trash on him or his family yeah. or anybody that he loves he will defend them and himself basically to verbal death quote uh-huh. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to. Or if you say something really stupid in the pop community, like Kanye, <laughs> you are not Kanye. You are not the world's greatest not living rock star. The greatest rock star Stop of it. all time. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Ow! I don't know so if you heard that. Let me try it out closer to the mic. At <laughs> least slapped his hand. Stop it. No. No. Oh, so funny. Oh, God. I'm gonna dedicate yeah. my next album to you. <laughs> That's why I'm going. To- uh, uh, 
I'm gonna. Oh. This first song is dedicated to Chad Kruger from Nickelback. <laughs> Kanye. Next to Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah, he doesn't like Imagine Dragons. I I, I will never understand that. But and then I, and the next, oh. next song is to is dedicated to um, the girl who did uh, Friday's father. Oh, yeah, her. God, I I, I feel bad because I I know the name. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, anyway, so, I mean, going back to Batushka, like, good luck. I, the real Batushka. Seriously, good luck. Happy that I, I, I wish, I wish you no oh. more. Yeah, please try to get the rights to your real name. You come to Portland, get I'll over. go see you guys. Yeah, please. I, I they mean, did come to Portland uh, in 2017, actually. Oh. The initial, their first liturgy, there was, Portland was one of the last shows for the U.S. original liturgy tour. And this was once uh, Krishik and Kristoff were still seeing, well, not, they were still fine with the, okay, maybe not fine with each other, but before the mm -hmm. whole fake Tushka happened. Before the split. Yeah, um, you know, real quick. And and well, this is just the last thing I'll say before we move on. Um, mm. I wanted to say that picture this tour, if you will. Okay. Behemoth headlines. Yes. Uh, uh, the the leading opening band is Watain. Okay. Or Watain, and the next band down is Patushka and Wolves in the Throne Room. I'm down. I mean, those are probably my four favorite um, death slash black metal bands. Mm -hmm. I, I I even the only band that would make this perfect for me is if Mugwah got thrown in there too. Oh yeah, those but guys. <laughs> has I don't know I don't know if they they they've done they've played in the U.S. five maybe five shows and that was for all tour. They were gonna do another U.S. tour, but then you know, COVID hit. Uh, I yeah. see. Gotcha. Are they that pretty new? Cool. I'd be down. I know Wolves in the Throne Room has opened for Behemoth. Before. Yes, they have. I I saw them. You saw them on the, for them on their on their uh, U.S. tour for I loved you at your darkest. It was them. It was Behemoth headlined, and then Wolves in the Throne Room and At the Gates opened. It was a very cool show. I could be wrong, but according to Wikipedia. Matushka has opened for Behemoth, oh. but it's Wikipedia. Yeah, and who knows? so underground. I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not they're not necessarily underground anymore, but there's so there's so much we don't know about that band mm -hmm. that you could shove anything on there and you would basically believe it. Yeah, basically. Now, All right, that concludes it for our Matushka talk. Um, yes. All right, we all know what's next. You know what's next, George? I do. Can I say it? Yeah, right. You'll say it. Then I want James to say it right after you. Okay. Ahead, George. It's the yeah! Oh, yeah! 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 Oh, yeah! Yeah! Corey Taylor. Thanks, Nerga. <laughs> I'm almost I, I I may or may not add that. 
We don't know. If I don't add okay. I don't want to and I'm lazy. If I do, it's because I wanted to be funny. <laughs> Remember, we always going to be nothing else matters. Yeah! Saying <laughs> for, to, <laughs> um, for today's <laughs> yeah segment, we're going yeah. to be yeah! talking about our top 10 uh, uh, metal bands. Woo! Um... I don't know if you're ready, George. Are you ready? I, I mean, I I know we we did this several weeks ago, and I may or may not forget have forgotten that list. Do, do, do you? But you I know. could. I'll I'll try to recreate it <laughs> as All much right. as possible. Uh, I might. Uh, at one point, I'll do a. At some point, I'm gonna do a uh, honorable mentions as well. Because there's, okay. there's a bunch of bands I have to say, or else, even though they're not in my top 10, or else I cannot survive. Okay. All right, George, you want to go first? Yeah, so are we just going to go... You'll go 10, and then I'll go 10. I'll, I'll go my 10. We haven't figured... Okay. If, yeah, we haven't figured this out yet. We are the greatest podcast of all time. We... we this is all planned out, people. Apparently, Don't like... Worry. We got this. <laughs> Taylor Swift, or I think I think she started a podcast. So we got we got some oh. competition, George. Oh no! Got some heavy. God. We got that Taylor Swift coming in. Oh no! Well, we're, we're screwed. We're doing okay. So for my, can I can I, do? Do you want me to go from the top or the bottom? Go from ten. Okay. Um. Well. I'm going to say that probably for 10, I'd probably put, uh, gosh, it's really hard because, you know, I like a lot of bands. Um, probably Metallica. Because that's a perfect, time. they were, they, they were the first metal band that I liked. Um, and it, they, they started me on my journey to discovering a bunch of forms of hard rock and rock and metal and all this and you know like say what you want about the black album and whatever Lone, else Lone. That they did later yeah their first four records single and again the black album but that one's still divisive um their first four records have inspired so many bands and bands of very aggressive and extreme natures. I mean, what? Um, I know Machine Head, they covered Battery uh, on their 2007 album, The Blackening. It was an outtake um, for a bonus track. And the, the rift for For Whom the Bell Tolls has been, has been accidentally uh, created so many times. And then they're like, oh, we just created another For Whom the Bell Tolls. We got to scrap yep. that. Gotta love that event, Sevenfold. Yeah, they keep Yay. accidentally. They keep ha M Shadows is like, we keep accidentally writing a For Whom the Belt Will Skip song, and we're like, we want to release this, but, but we can't. It, it's, we, it's, it's just we it's For Whom the Belt Will again. We can't do this to Metallica. <laughs> this is. Can't believe I got to it first. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, yeah, so yeah, for 10, uh, I think Metallica definitely deserves that spot. And then I, for, 
God, I really wish I saved that list that I wrote. Do you want me to go? How about how about I do my ten? Do, do you want to do your ten? I'm gonna try. I'll to do find my that. no. I'll do my number ten, and then you'll do nine, and I'll do nine. Perfect. That that's a good Let's way of doing it. Switch shirts. I think the yeah. Um. Uh. All right. My number ten. I'm looking at my list. I'm not gonna say this in this correct order, but we'll go Behemoth number ten. <laughs> They did some classic stuff. They're about mm -hmm. big as a death slash black metal band can get. They're kind of above that genre now. They're they're in kind of their own death metal mm -hmm. genre thing. They they're I, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, this was the band that gave me a, a different view on really. Uh, this was around the same time when I found Slipknot. But this is where this is the band that made me comfortable around a darker side of metal, mm. and more. I can remember the, the the. This is a strange song, first song to get into. But Demigod was the first song that I enjoyed by the band. Nice, it's a great. Song. I just remember hearing the and I was always, and I was encapsulated by Inferno's drumming, and it was yeah. the best thing I ever heard. And then. And then as soon as I heard the the, the Nurgle doing whatever he was do whatever he was saying in that song. I it just captured and then I heard Bartzabel and I was like, is this the same And then over time I listened to the rest of the stuff and yeah, that they, they, then they made it to my to the awesome number ten spot. And, and yeah. no, ten is not a low point. I listened to a lot of metal bands. So 10 is, they're just as important as number one to me, basically. If not, they're like right below there. All right, George, what's your number nine? Yeah, so number nine for me was Nile. Now, Nile is a, they're a death metal band um, from North Carolina, I believe. Wow. And they take extreme brutal death metal that's very technical technical brutal death metal and they combine it with egyptian and middle eastern themes and instrumentation and i remember i remember seeing this name a lot because when i was getting into death metal and i was listening to bands like you know i was listening to bands like death and then i you know, started exploring Cannibal Corpse and Carcass and, you know, all these classic was, names in death metal. Yeah. I kept seeing this band. I kept seeing Nile and sure specifically well. their album, Annihilation of the Wicked, that they released in 2005. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give these guys a chance. And so it was on, it was like on a Saturday, Sunday, I was doing, doing some homework for a class. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to this record and I'm, or I'm going to sample it and see what I think. And I was completely blown away because there are a ton of blast beats. So it's kind of hard to bang your head, the head bang to it. But, it's at the same, but at the same time, there was something super driving to it that like that you could still somewhat kind of head bang to. And even then, as musicians, they still 
can throw in a really cool like anthematic chorus or something more groovy or or whatever and um i saw these guys live on their tour of um vile nihilotic rights that they were that they were co-headlining with um uh-oh i've forgotten the name but uh they're they're co-headlining with another band that is pretty well known uh in death metal and grind grindcore and they were awesome just just a killer band and they were so tight and it was a lot of fun and i even got a set list from that night so now that's fancy oh yeah it was that's very cool. very special very special night for me as a as a person um as a fan but yeah Niall takes my number nine spot wow and there we go and that that, that that's it for our double that for our number for george's number nine spot yeah uh my number nine is going to be the one, the only, Fear Factory. Now, this band is very unique. They 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 have they they combine they have some brutal. They've gotten less. They have their first album is kind of it's pretty brutal, but they yeah. will shock you with this hint of. Clean vocals that sounds something like one of those Depeche Mode-esque type bands. Yeah. And it'll surprise you. And it's... And Burton C. Bell, you can tell, listens to a ton of music when you mm-hmm. hear their, sound, their music. Because there's all sorts of different genres that... Little bits of genres that he's put into this hardcore, thrashy metal sound that he that he they have. Absolutely. And... Plus, um, his other band, Ascension of the Watchers, you could definitely tell he, his, I think that the center of his musical being is definitely rooted in, in electronic based stuff. Like, yeah, I you, you can hear that, tell. especially yeah. as the Fear Factory albums went on and on, especially on Genexus. Like, uh, yeah, Generate has very driven by that. Mm-hmm, for sure, um, this this was a band that I never heard of, and then when I one of the first times I actually talked to you, George, you were wearing a Fear Factory shirt. You're like, "Oh, you should you should about this band Fear Factory," and then I'm like, "Okay," and then you kept talking about them for a while over time. Yeah, and then I don't know if it was around the time when you were telling me they were on Ozfest with one of the early Ozfest years. Yeah, it was 96, I believe. I, it was 96, yeah. Yeah, they were on for like four or five, the first five years. Mm-hmm. And then they just disappeared. But but uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I'll give him a shot. And I listened to Lynchpin and I was like, this is super cool. And then yeah. over time, um, I, list- I listened to the Demanufacture and that's now mm-hmm. coming probably my third that's probably their my favorite album by them yeah mine too and i think a lot of other fear factory fans would would be in agreement with you on that one replica their song replica just encapsulates who they are um 
Yeah. Genexus is also a great record. Um, mm-hmm. Obsolete is awesome. It's the song at Edge Crushers just pumps you up. Hell yeah. Pump you up, then I don't know what will. I mean, maybe yeah. other than Duhast, but mm. that might be the only other song oh, that yeah. in the world that has. But yeah, awesome song, awesome band. I love his scream. It's very. I was about to try and pretend to do it, but I realized I will not because I cannot do that. Yeah, he's 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 a pretty cool vocalist and very identifiable as well. You really yeah. can't mistake that vocal style. Wow, that's my number eight. Wait, Woo. my number nine, not eight. <laughs> What's your eight? Um, my number eight is the band Saw. Um, bash metal band from Germany. These ja guys. Nine. What? What? Ja nine. Oh, ha 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 That's very funny. Um, yeah. So I really, I I remember I first discovered these guys when I listened to the 2001 record M16, and good record. This was very good record, and this was the album I was listening to this, and I'm like, I'm just just getting chills just thinking about the record. They were. I, I was like, I haven't heard stuff like this since I first discovered Slayer. Like, granted, like, okay, like, I, I, like at that point, I was into Anthrax and Megadeth and, um, and Crater, you know. But mm-hmm. when I was listening to Sodom, like, I was like, wow, these guys know how to thrash it up for sure. And that, and listening to M16 was kind of just, I stayed there for a while. I just listened to that record. But then I decided to delve way deeper. I think I maybe spent over $100 on getting CDs that weren't on streamable <laughs> services. They have a lot um, of CDs. I, I may or may not have a music buying problem. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, and I remember, you know, I, I got started listening to um, – Records like their 1995 uh, Masquerade in Blood, um, their 1990 uh, Better Off Dead, 1989, the classic Agent Orange, fantastic record. And I just become, and I was slowly getting a bunch of their stuff. And they are one of my favorite bands. I I loved how they can do groove metal stuff. They can do... I mean, they've been listed as the first wave of black metal, and I think uh, Mayhem guitarist um, Eronymous said that their song uh, "Death Like Silence" is was a huge inspiration for him as a musician, and so that I, I think that counts for something. Cool. Um, Persecution Main is great album too. Oh, Persecution Main is fantastic. Could have been a little bit louder on the. <laughs> On the recording technology, but you know it is what it is. In my um, opinion, it's their best album. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, all it takes is a couple notches of the volume button, and you're good to go. Yeah, it's um, one of those albums. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, Sodom is my number eight. Let well, my number eight, or as I as I like to say, the sideways infinity sign. Yes. Is the one and only Metallica. Yeah, Metallica. 
I don't know if you've heard of them, George. No. They're the guys. It's not like they have I, a song I, where the dude goes, yeah, yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. But we, we just, but it's almost like we said the we said that the word that word in that manner at the beginning of this segment. This is no is it possible? Is it possible that we're inspired by this band? Maybe. Nah, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm just kidding. I love Metallica. They're lit. They're awesome. Absolutely. There's everyone. They're basically the biggest metal band in history. Maybe mm-hmm. even maybe even above Black Sabbath. Maybe. Well, well the problem is Black yeah, Sabbath hasn't had the longevity as Metallica. And so. Metallica has more, I guess, better records technically because you know black sabbath has a bunch of garbage like actual garbage music well like that goes into what i was saying about that there's a lot of yeah if if ozzy could if if all of them didn't have drug problems and ozzy could have stayed in the band and they would have and and if they captured some lightning in the bottle creative energy to keep making great records beyond their first six They probably would have been the best metal band of all time. And Sharon made me sa- leave. Tell me to, to leave, Tony. Sharon made me. And, and, me. And and to be fair, they are probably the first metal band of all time. You can argue argue other bands, the- but they were the first I, of us. I mean, what, what? What? What are the only arguments? Led Zeppelin and Iron Butterfly. Yeah, I mean, even. Yeah. Some may argue the Stooges. Really? They're not, oh. Were, were they in the 60s? They, 1969, they released um, their first album. Oh, that okay. That's called I Want to Be Your Dog, which was pretty heavy for its time. Oh, yeah. I, I, I remember that song. Uh, Slayer did a glorious cover of that where they changed the, the, the chorus to, uh, they changed it the title on the course to I'm going to be your God. <laughs> so funny. All right. What was I? Oh, Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> to say about this, this band, they're Metallica. They have great records in justice. For yeah. all. They also have two of the most egotistical people in metal. <laughs> Why do you leave the band? We're the best band in the world. Why would someone leave the best band in the world? Period. Exclamation point. <laughs> Napster suing you. You that, that song on the side of that, a street with a guitar. Yeah. I'm that bit you. Is, and James that bit is, is yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about Metallica. They're awesome, and Justice for All is a, their best album. All their albums are pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's decent. Even Saint Tank yeah. is not. It's it's fine. I can listen to it. Yeah, I, I I feel like we could do like a whole episode on Saint Anger on on Saint Anger and other albums that we like that others don't. But maybe Just Metallica in general. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, What's yeah? So for number seven, yeah, for me um, uh, is this band Kitty. They're from on Ontario, uh, Canada. And they are an 
all female alt metal band. I, I remember when I first discovered, I, I first discovered them, I, I kid you not, I was watching a, a, an elders react video and one of them was a metalhead. Oh, it was the same one. And, and he mentioned that. And, the, and one of the numerous bands that he mentioned, Kitty was one of them. And I just yeah. so happened to be curious enough to be like, that sounds like an interesting band name. I'm going to check them out. And lo and behold, I discovered the joy that was this band. The joy and, of Kitty. Yeah. And I, I started with their 2001 record, Oracle, really heavy record. Um, and we could do probably a whole history on the band Kitty because it's very, very interesting. But I love, I love this band because it totally, they totally defy the stereotype that metal is quote unquote a masculine genre and it's, it's a bunch of angry, depressed guys that listen to aggressive music. Not it at all. We have so many people of so many different, just so many. We, we are a collective family that love listening to a specific form of music that speaks to us. And I think that it's great that there's bands like Kitty out there that prove that stereotype wrong. That we, we can be, that we are, we are not just a bunch of dudes. We got ladies, we got all sorts of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, so to yeah. me, that plus their unique blend of melodic, of uh, alt metal, death metal, thrash, that, heavy, it make, they make them probably my uh, my seventh favorite band. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that was your seven? Yeah. That was in my oh. seven. Good choice. I've listened to some of their stuff. I haven't fully gotten into it, but mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Seven. Kitty. Yeah. Meow. Um. <laughs> uh, my seven is all the way from Mother Germany, Rammstein. Rammstein. The maybe one of the band, top bands I, I will ever want to see live. They, yeah. if you haven't listened, so Zenzucht is probably their most well-known record because it has Blast. Great song. Just, if yeah. you want to headbang it, just, if you just really need a headbang, just play that riff and you'll yeah. stand there going, doing that nonstop. And Hell yeah. Tills Lindemann's voice is so, mm, mm. it's so, even though they all speak in German, that you can kind of tell what they're talking about depending on the song. Like, Mein Herz brennt, which is, means my heart burns. You can kind of tell it's about a dark yeah. story. Or the whole album, mm-hmm. uh, Mutter, seems like a, it's like a blend of military-esque type songs, uh, mm-hmm. weird, dark story, fairy tale type stories. Yeah. And criminal mind type things yeah and um real quick before you continue uh for for all the listeners out there it was pablos that introduced me to this band because i i had heard about them 
you know, all the Duhast memes and the and the such and the whatnot. But it, it, it kind of made you feel like, eh, really, this is a band. Well, I mean, I I think that that was I, yeah, because you sent me, you bought me a copy of their album uh, Mutter. Uh, as a graduation gift, along with uh, a, a Sepatora shirt, um, and I could tell you that is a phenomenal record, and it's primarily to me because they are they they they're so stripped down and yet not. They have electronic flourishes and glamour sophistication to the music that makes it like very like very interesting to uh, listen to but it's also very four to the floor just grinding like a heavy riff out with just a nice just simple rhythmic beat behind it and it it, it is possibly it, it's it, it is i mean and there's reason why people like acdc and uh and bands like that that don't that just rely you know they cling to a riff and they just and that's what Rammstein does. And they jam it out. I mean, like links, links two, three, four, um, just, uh, just a vicious riff. Same thing with uh, Zwitter, yeah, as well. But the thing that makes that stand out, if you compare them to, um, if you the the thing that makes them stand out from the like, the, even though they have simple riffs, they are yeah. heavily driven. With a keyboard, right. with a, with a keyboardist, right. and uh, Tills Lindemann can do so much with his voice. Yeah, for sure. Like, hey, and then he can have like, and then he can be like grunt to what he says, and then he'll just surprise you with a yeah, just powerful voice. Yeah, that, be, that sounds almost opera mm-hmm. sounding. Like if Zana, the song Zana, yeah, is a perfect representation of that. And yeah, that that chorus is stuff, so pretty. All their stuff is so good. The newest album, the song Deutschland, it kind of it brought them back up. That everyone was like, "Rammstein's still out there. They're still yeah, they're still grinding hard in what they do." Let this be known. And again, this is just Apple Music, so I don't really this isn't really to be heated much, in my opinion. But if you look. If you go onto Rammstein's Apple Music page, yeah, under their essential albums, they put their self-titled slash untitled album. That I have never seen. Like a brand new record, a modern record, be labeled an essential. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, because all their albums to the something. fans are essentials. Yeah, they've never technically had a. Well. <sighs> The album after Riser Riser, um, was a little. Eh. It was, it was great, but it was mm-hmm. it was, it, for fans, it was it felt it was called uh, Rosenrot. It was sort of like the song. It was mostly unused tracks from Riser Riser, which were all great. Uh, Most of the songs were great. Like the the title track Rosenrot is awesome. There's okay. Man Gagen Man, which. It's a weird music video, but that's great too. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they they've never, in my opinion, had a bad record, and they've always they've always been famous for 
the most explosive and most unique live performances maybe to ever yeah come about more pyrotechnics than any other <laughs> they almost yeah an entire building early yeah I, and and i could tell you um the i think like yeah they sure i mean just seeing you showed me some of their live performances and it's crazy the amount of flames and pyrotechnics that they use puts Slayer's concert to shame. Yeah, they <laughs> I mean like I I they, went to, they shoot I went to, fire at each other. They put a guy in a pot and they'll and he'll pretend to be a cannibalistic chef and then he's just shooting a flamethrower. Oh yeah. With a dude that, inside that. it. I remember and that. They have like flamethrower masks so it looks like they're breathing fire. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And they did they like did a show where they made Sauron. On a tower. No. Or something. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, the uh, keyboardist used to go in a dinghy and ride on a boat in the crowd. What? Dude, that's rad. And, and, and he... It's pretty cool. Yeah, put for sure. on their guitars, too. I could go on and on of what they, what they put. Fire. Just Fire. that's the one word that you, that you need to describe their performances. Fire. <laughs> like when they, I feel like when they play Fire Fry. Oh yeah. I bet that 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 when they play that live, it's Fire Fry. Bang bang. <laughs> yeah. Bang bang. bang. <laughs> Fire Fry. <laughs> Love that song. So good. All right, that's my number seven, Rammstein. All right. What's your number? Wait, no number. What's your number six? Uh, this would be. Lama Goad. Or Lama God, really. Log. Um, control yourself. You're never alone. Control yourself. Control yourself. See who gives up. Can't say that. That was a no Don't worry, Ali. In, in that case, that pause, I'll just do a. By, by Lars. Oh. <laughs> Even though you okay. didn't say it. All right. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so I, the thing is, is that I first, I, you know, I, I, I've heard of Lamb of God and I, and I, I, at a CD store in Boston on spring break, I, I picked up a copy of Sacrament mm. and it was good. Like I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot. I was like, oh yeah. Like redneck. Again, we rise foot to the throat. Forgotten Lost Angels, Requiem, uh, Descending, Beating on Death's Door, like all these songs that were very rad and I liked a lot. But at the same time, I was a little like, okay, I, I don't, I like these guys, but I don't know if I want to go like, you know, like, I was, I was like, okay. Yeah. Like I was kind of thinking like, okay, should I commit to getting a bunch of the stuff or not? And eventually I did. And I got, um, I got Wrath, uh, Resolution, uh, Sturm und Drang, um, their cover album uh, under Burn the Priest uh, called Legions XX. Um, and, and I like, and, you know, again, it was just more, I, I love those a lot. The riff tone gives me chills, like the riff tone that they use. I, do, I can't explain it, but it just, it, 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 it gives me goosebumps every single time. Yeah. Um, but that was not even, but I was still not at that point where I could put these guys in my top 10. That was 
it was when I got there as the palace is burned, ashes of the wake. <laughs> it was those two records that really sold me because when I listen to as the palace is burned, I cannot tell you. I, I am getting, my hair is standing on end just thinking about as the palace is burned. That's how epic of a record that is. It's an album that captures like the world crumbling down and it captures it in sonic form. You know, you have ruin going into as the palace is burned, purified, 11th hour, um, blood junkie, vigil, boot scraper, like all these like gritty, almost post like apocalyptic sounding songs and aggressive riffs. And it, and it really just does to me, it almost sounds like an album, like the, the world's ending. And yeah, these and this band's just jamming to the apocalypse. They so, have, they have some of the best, some of the best people on the, using the instruments in the album. For sure, absolutely. Mark Morton's really, really creative with his riffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't get New American Gospel until way later. I also got their their Burn the Priest record that they released in 99, uh, 1999. Uh, and New American Gospel is also really good. Um, it was kind of the perfect bridging point between when they were Burn the Priest and Lamb of God. It's they like were they were trying to form that bridge, like change it around, mm-hmm. but still keep it similar. Yeah. What we were doing and, and despite and the re-release of New American Gospel, it has a really cool production. Like, it's not the greatest but the snare sound just i love i just adore like there's something about that whole production that feels i don't know it's like it's it's claustrophobic in a comfortable way it's very close quarters <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense they have a very um unique sound and even when they they slow down it's kind of cool yeah so the, the breakdowns are Really There's killing. a lot of songs off of Stern and uh, Drung, yeah, that have that. Like Five One Two has that. Like they like the the intro, and then it like gets faster, and then yeah, these even Embers with uh, featuring Chino, yeah, from Death Zone. That's a cool. That I I didn't know that he was gonna be on the album, and when I listened to it, I was like, whoa, is that Chino on the album? <laughs> and it and yeah, just went like. Woo! It's a guy pizza candy. Yeah, um, it's it's weird because Randy's uh, Randy Bly said that he's a huge fan of Deftones, and that, that just leaves me thinking. I'm like, okay, so Randy's a fan of Deftones, Pablo's you're a fan of Deftones, and yeah. both of you really like punk. What is with Deftones speaking to punks? My uncle like, listens. It, it, my uncle loves Deftones too. Yeah, like, I it, there's is there something to that? Like, I there is probably there... is. They have a. I've thought about that before. I, I yeah, interesting. Explain, but um, I think Deftones just speaks to a lot. They're, they're Deftones are a mm. tool. Yeah, they speak to a lot of different people. Yeah, for sure. You can even you. relate them in a sense, mm-hmm. even though they're very different, but they're very similar because they both talk about. 
weird things. And <laughs> like, Boy, they, who uh, writes a song about a guy in a cab? <laughs> yeah. I'm your passenger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got yeah, the windows anyway. down, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> a digital bath about someone getting electrocuted in a bath. Oh, is that what that's about? Yeah, because it talks about like how the electric wire is in the thing. Oh yeah. Um yeah, also off of their most recent record, the song um parentheses L and parentheses M I R L is is about like not caring about a person anymore and then being in depression and then committing suicide. But it's like, but it, it, it's all sung. It's all, the lyrics are simultaneously they're very literal, but then sometimes they're also metaphorical. And I think that's yeah. primarily what makes Chino such a cool lyricist is because he, a lot yeah. of his lyrics are very strange and weird at first glance. So he uses a lot and of they metaphors and, and figurative. But they changed over time, right? Like early, exactly. they were all political and stuff. Like, if you look at the lyrics to uh, uh, the songs on Adrenaline, like, Seven Words, he talks about, I think it's political, because it's, like, mm. but how about but, uh, all the piggies? That could be your interpretation. And all the people, like, and all the people being, like, and all the pe innocent people being abused, and, like, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I think, like... I think, I'm again, pretty sure, I might be wrong, so, but yeah. it's my take. Also, who writes, a, who writes a metal song about a guy trying to get shade, trying to find a, a spot of shade to shield himself from the sun. <laughs> the song is about having a summer in your head, I think. Oh. In your brain. Interesting. Okay. The creativity well, of anyway, Deftones. One of the most creative so, things ever. But, um, yeah. So we got way off topic. So yeah, Lamb of God, they're great. That uh, was your six. My, that was my six. <laughs> my six is going to be the one and only... You know what? We'll go System of a Down. Nice. They are so. System of a Down. Talks about the greatest album ever. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. It's a it's a pretty immaculate record. And uh, even their other records, they flow really well. Mm -hmm. And they always have a weird. They have, but Toxicity is a perfect blend between mesmerize and hypnotize and what they were doing self-titled. Yeah, and a lot they. I mean, you hear the thrash influences and the 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 weird like death metal influences from. Uh, I mean, Surge. you have uh, yeah, you have uh, X, Jet Pilot. Um, Why were the eyes of a horse on a jet pilot? Are all it's very such a funny song. They're My super thrashy. Horse. Is a shackled old man his his or not? Was that he could survey the sky? Mary Yeah. <laughs> Chop suey encapsulates who they are. Don't. Um by pushing it by shoving in it. They because a lot of their songs are from the Bible. A lot of the songs mm. are from about Jenna about the Armenian genocide. And then yeah. a lot of their songs are also about what the heck? And that's what Chop Suey is. <laughs> Everything they believe in. Yeah, it's 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 relevant. It's it's hard to say that that's not their best song. It's it's certainly this. I think the problem is I've heard it a 
bunch. But I, I mean, there's no denying how great of a song it is. It's hilarious. And it, plus, it's the first System of a Down song I heard and tempted me to get uh, to listen to Toxicity. And I told you, the winter of my freshman year, I basically listened to nothing but that album and Undertow by Tool. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to both just a but lot. <laughs> I don't have a lot more else to say about System of an Allen because there's. I mean, it's fun. They're great. There's not much to say because they're so well. Enough done. said. What's your uh, number five? Okay, my number five might be a little, might be up to up in the air for discussion as if they're a metal band or not. But my number five is Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Now I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, yes. They're no I, longer I, a metal band. I used to think what our listeners are thinking, but then you told me things and I see yeah. where you're coming from. So here. Yeah. Be, yeah. Cause you, okay. Their earlier albums, Pretty Hate Machine. I mean, Pretty Hate Machine had some metal aspects to it. I mean, you listen to, had like a whole, um, and you listen to Head Like a Hole, and there's definitely some uh, uh, aggressive metal-influenced industrial thing going on there. Yeah. But mostly, that record is a lot of um, just dark and aggressive um, electronic rock, hard rock, basically. You know, there's not a lot of metal influence until the 90s roll around, and then they come out with Broken, which is an industrial metal record through and through like that thing's heavy and it, and it chews you up and spits you out. And it is a fantastic listen. And then uh, downward spiral that downward spiral seems to combine elements of pretty hate machine and broken into a single record. You have the, the dark industrial electronic pop tendencies there with, closer and piggy um but then the metal stuff's there as well mr self-destruct um march of the pigs um big man with a gun and then you also get the glimpse of their more ambient future uh a warm place is a very ambient instrumental that glimpses into what nine inch nails would explore into later um and and then they're they started circ circulating that metal sound that metal sound out of their system with the their double album 1999's the fragile because you have um star incorporated i can't say that word so I don't worry to... snare drum coming in <laughs> I, I, i'm just kidding um what what, what? Oh, never mind. um so so there's still some metal there's still some metal stuff going on with the fragile and you could, you could hear that, but it was definitely moving away toward uh, uh, moving away from that. So I think all in all, there's a lot of contention to call them a metal band because they were at one point, but I think they're not anymore, but period, they are a band that encapsulates all that. I love all the music that I, all the types of music that I love in one band. They have metal, they got rock, they got electronic. Boom. That's it. That's it. That's done. Like it's it's got everything that I like in music. 
and it, it's all in, under one band name. And uh, and as a result, uh, Nine Edge Nails gets my number five spot. Lit. All right. My number five spot is a band that I found this year, and they're probably mm. the, one of the fastest bands that I've gotten into since maybe Metallica. Mm. That type of stuff. I am talking about the one and only Gojira. Yay! Bolt death metal with mostly yeah. hardcore vocal, like Nurglish vocals. Yeah. When he sings, it's surprising. Like on Magma, mm-hmm. opening a shooting star, it's like, it's just a straight oh, Dude. Rock I mean, metal. I just listened to that record um, for the first time recently, and I know I know exactly what you're talking about. His style of singing is so the lyrics are crazy. It, attention getting. You're like, but, what? What's that? The, and the <laughs> lyrics aren't super metal. No, I mean, well, I mean, is a bit, but it's there's something magical about what they do. That makes it they're, yeah they're sort of like the i almost want to call them the tool of whatever they do sort of <laughs> yeah on flying whales because it's so technical right and it's like really mind-boggling like it has that weird that intro the down 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 and then you got the like, whale the first two minute two and a half minutes of the song it's that and then it just goes and then it's like gets crazy and then like right the way they the the, the way they system at the way the system of the song is their songs are crazy mm-hmm. yeah and i think i i think because they are such a unique blend of of metal styles that's what makes them kind of easy to get into because again yeah. they're uh you, uh i mean again I, I you, you can't trust Apple Music fully because they don't exactly know what they fully what they're talking about, but whatever. Um, is you the, on their influences or like their influences page? Literally, I think I know and own songs by almost all of the bands they listed. Like they had. Um, they had Pantera, they had Metallica, uh, Slayer, Huge Machine Head, just Morbid Angel, Death, like all of these bands that I know and listen to. Like it's it's, it's almost like wow. So basically, they are a metal band that combined the influence of literally all the bands that I love. Huh? Yeah, but they. No wonder I love them. They release it in a completely different way than any other right. band will. Like, they take yeah. metal to a whole other level. Yeah, they do a good job. That at, makes um, it easy to, easier to listen to. Yeah. And they've gone softer, sort of, through over time, but they're still just as heavy and harder. And Yeah, I think... I mean, I think that's kind of more of the alt metal shining through, right? Is that they're they're starting to branch out. I mean, I, I remember I read an article about with um, their 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 frontman Joe, right? 
Yeah, I'm still learning their names because I only started listening to like three. Yeah, I, I, um, Joe, he did a uh, he did an interview where he's saying is like I don't feel like we're selling out because as artists we should have the the, the capacity to grow and evolve. And and I and I also think that there is a bit of a stigma centered around death metal as like, but like I mean between you and I, you know, there is no stigma because we're metalheads, but to <laughs> beginners and like outside people like there is that stigma about death metal especially when you have names like cannibal corpse cannibal corpse associated with a, such a genre so yeah so they i think they are starting to start to take that death metal influence and channel it into something more melodic and like in and different right you know because again you listen to magma it's very different from their other stuff like you would think they would open the album with like silvera silvera mm-hmm. pretty heavy yeah shooting star is the calmest song in the on the album i mean give her i mean not counting the uh, the interludes and outro I yeah think. but yeah and it's like not something that you would usually expect to hear from this band mm. it's like huh and then yeah. you don't know what's going to happen next yeah, it's kind of it makes the album what you open up with your album kind of makes you think of what the album's going to be and kind of get mm-hmm. the, it kind of, in a sense, decides what direction it could go. Yeah, it's kind of cool about like, yeah, it's opening when you and first it's in, the first song. Yeah, and it's interesting. And I, I'm going to try to keep us on course here, but it's interesting when when you look at the art of choosing the opening song for your album, and also we could probably say the same things with your, with your closer, that some bands um, like, like Slipknot um, in this moment, I know Behemoth did this on I Loved You at Your Darkest, they use intro tracks a lot as the first track. And when you think about that, uh, that, that being the first song it's an interesting take on that idea because yes we're saying that the first song sets the tone and when you have it as the intro track even if it goes straight into like an actual song you know that if that doesn't feel like an introduction or some um ambient piece that like kind of gets you settled into the into a chair so to speak mm-hmm. um that they they choose that as the as the opener because it's almost like they're viewing the album as a book, right? The story, yeah, maybe. And so they they view it as this is where this is this is how it begins or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You could say the same thing for artists that just you know open with a straight up song. So interesting. Yeah, but yeah, that's Gojira's that by that pick they have. Well, I didn't. I didn't even get into all their other stuff. I mean, I think my favorite song that I'm listening that I've been listening to them is called. It's their song "Backbone" because it's fast. Mm. And there's not a lot of vocal in it, but it's really cool, and it takes a little bit to get super into. But when you do, it's like <sighs> live almost every show. I play it live over nice. in the Flying Whales sometimes. Ooh. Nice. But you know, they're cool. They're awesome. Metal band, yeah. and yeah. could even become 
go straight in my top th- four because my top four are the uh, signature bands that yeah love the genre that should mm-hmm. like making me really yeah that's number five so for nice number four why don't we um first go into our uh honorable mention bands mm, yes because we're getting want to the... say and give like a maybe like a like a 10 word summary of why you like them 10 word summary i'll have to count these out okay well you know what i mean though right like really short yeah okay yeah um i'll do you want me to go yeah i'll go after you um yeah so for honorable mentions i have fear factory awesome i i i I copy paste what you said (laughs) done Megadeth, just a, a unique, different take on bash metal. It's more technical, less Slayer kind of thrash, and more different. You know, it's it's a very unique style of thrash metal that they play, mm-hmm. and I like that. Also, Dave Mustaine's voice, very very cool, unique. It's almost more spoken wordy than a sing, <laughs> so that's neat. Uh, Death, Chuck Schuldiner. Mm. Love your end of story. He's a genius. <laughs> uh, Pantera. I mean, quite possibly the most talented metal band assemble. Like, I mean, rhythmic section, you have Rex Brown and Vinnie Paul. And then you have Phil on, which is a, who is a really cool, fun man, especially Perfect when you watch front those. Man. When you, yeah, when you watch those old shows um he's he's super into it and Dimebag, just oh guitar wizard that that's that's that yeah. end of story and made made the abbott brothers rest in peace um veo is a local band and i really like what they do they 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 take hard rock alt metal sound and they give it a prog metal twist and flourish. And it just, it's the, it's the coolest sound I have heard from uh, a newer metal band in a long time. Uh, recently, uh, they just released their album, Retruvian. I highly recommend people check it out. Very check it good. out. If, if you like, if you like Tool, you will like this band. Yes. Period. Um, Testament. I recently got on these guys and I think I, although I like their newer material. Agreed. And a little better than their, than what people would consider the classic. I mean, it's just such a cool style of thrash. I mean, they can, they can do, they could do the thrash style like Slayer. They can do like a, like a, they can also like chug and grind it out as well. Do something like mid tempo. And Chuck Billy is one of my favorite metal vocalists. Chuck Billy! Chuck Billy! Yeah, super awesome. He and Tom Araya are like the coolest thrash metal frontman ever. Basically. Yeah. I mean, when 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 you're nice enough to go over to the uh, the guitarist of Lamb of God and play Candyland with their daughter, <laughs> that speaks something about your personality. Love you, Chuck Billy. And in this moment, um, mm. this is a band 
that my that uh, my cousin Jay, that's his name, he introduced me to these uh, to this band, and it and they are and they're super cool because not only are they a super unique again, I love my unique blends. I love this. They they take elements of alt metal, metalcore, uh, industrial metal. And even like I've recently started using gothic metal and rock into their into their sound. But uh, the lead singer Maria Brink, she is such a good vocalist, and she's she so really good. And um, she's and yeah, she can get she can scream and get snarly when she wants to, but when she sings, it is beautiful. And so like she can. She she utilizes both aspects of that vocal style of her vocal styles, and easily makes these guy uh, makes this this band one of the most unique bands out there. And they're kind of I don't know I'd say they're they're, they're they they're kind of in the same ish range as um, Gojira in terms of like these guys or this band is going to be like you know the next generation of of bands that yeah. people are going to look up to. You know what I mean? So they're already I people really, looking up to them too, which is cool. Yes, pr- precisely. Um, and I, and I, and Hearst and Maria Brink's story just is a source has been a real source of inspiration to me. Um, it, I won't go into it. Um, but it, it, like her ability what she's gone through and like what she has done to, to, to kind of fight through it and to be a positive influence on thousands, if not millions of people is nothing but inspiring. So in this moment, there you go. Awesome. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. That is all. Um, all right. Seven, seven bands. I'll go through mine. There's quite a bit. I'm going to be, pretty short because there's a lot of bands i want to say so first of all if i had the number 11 death again chuck schuldiner end of story yeah, yeah. rest in peace chuck we love you rest in peace chucky um all right who did i say oh yeah i just said death um i'm gonna go with tool next mm. why because because tool is tool just I could I could just say Day at Danny Carey and we'd be good. Yeah, we'd be good. That's all. All right. Yep. Alestorm, pirate metal. George hates this band. I, <laughs> I I love them for the reasons that he hates them because they sing about pirate things. Absolutely. Slayer. I, I will go on the record. Yeah. Not a fan of Alestorm. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Slayer. Why? Because because it's Slayer. And And the, okay, next. All right, Testament. Why? Because Testament's awesome. Woo. Chuck Billy, or as I like to call him, his backwards name, Billy Chuck. Oh yes, this is Billy this Chuck. is a very very clever bit here. Um, love it. Up next, Anthrax. Mm. Who doesn't hate? Who doesn't love Scott Ian? Yeah. Ooh, nobody. Scott Ian's cool. All right. Pretty, pretty dope. Power Wolf because they sing because they look cool and they sing about mm. wolves. Power Woo. Things. Woo. Ow. All right. Um, <laughs> Log. 
also known as Lamb of God. Because what we talked about it with George talked about it. I have nothing else to say. Um, Red Fang from Portland. Mm. Awesome. If there was such thing as stoner thrash, stoner speed thrash, then that would be Red Fang. I don't know. That that's yeah. That, like, like I know what you mean because I, I I've been listening to uh, their album Murder, Murder the, the Mountains. Mountains. Great yeah, album. And check it out. That that record. I listened to it and I'm like, okay, so so there's some, they they got some elements of like Black Sabbath, but then they also like go full blown like doom and sludge metal, and then sometimes they go borderline Stoner. thrash and speed. Yeah, it's why pretty pretty nuts. Thrash. That's what I would call them. What I would call them. That's why I call them Stone or Thrash. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, perfect. Yeah, Red Fang. Lit. Yes. I could go on and on for years on more and more bands. That get honorable mentions. Yeah, but <laughs> gotta be kidding me. I had a band on the tip of my tongue that I was gonna end it with. Oh yeah. This is really bothering me. I hate this. Oh, <laughs> why am I? What is happening to me? All right, this is being cut. Definitely being cut. All right, okay. Where are you on my phone? Oh, I wanted to say. Uh, oh, and then most recently, because I want to put two black metal bands on here. The two black metal bands mm-hmm. I've been listening to the most uh, recently are Petushka. just Magua and Batushka. We talked about Batushka already. Magua is awesome. I wouldn't really put them on my honorable mention technically, but I just wanted to put some black metal on there. Yeah, you know, it's fair. And I only put Petrushka because their album literally is becoming one of my favorite albums ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's cool. it. All right, George, what's your number four? Oh, yeah, now we can get into the, the big ones. Um, mm-hmm. Number four is Behemoth. I, I, my first album, my Behemoth, was I got the a record i got a mm-hmm. and it was pretty good like i was like man you know like you know blow your trump blow your trumpets gabriel's very got that like sl- it's got a lot of groovy riff variety and then it explodes with speed fervor de venice like is fervor de venice just rips and tears you apart <laughs> but it also gets, almost has like a almost has like a, a serpentine groove to it, but with the way that um, with the way that Nurgle places his uh, his vocals in juxtaposition to the guitars and the drums. Yeah, um, like, do this thing with his voice then, where he sounds like he's uh, dying. It's really weird and cool. Oh yeah, like <laughs> like a god equals no dog. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the whole record, um, you know, I was like, man, these guys are pretty good. Like, this is cool. This is pretty neat. Um, and then my friend, uh, a metalhead friend of mine, uh, Grayson, he's like, hey, Behemoth are coming. You come, come into town. You want want to go see them with me? I'm like, absolutely. Or I'm like, yeah, you know, just got into this band. You know, might want to go see them live. Check it out. 
and I purchased their um, I I I I, I, per I did an online purchase of their most recent record that they were touring for. Uh, you know, Love You at Your Darkest, and that had some more good stuff. It was not as good as but like, <laughs> that's my favorite but record. Was, <laughs> but like, but it was still pretty darn good. Like, um, Bart's about. Parts of us cool. Um, God equals dogs. Awesome. Uh, uh, Wolves of Siberia is a pretty pretty cool song. Uh, we are uh, the next thousand years. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Rom Rom five eight is also really cool. Ecclesia. So yeah, the, Diabolica Catholica is one of my favorites off of it. That's a pretty good one. But yeah, I so I was so I, I listened to this and I'm like, okay, this is some more good stuff. When I saw them live at that show that I mentioned briefly earlier yeah, in, in, in this episode, fantastic it was eye-opening because I, I, again, I think, I don't know why, whenever I reminisce about things, like I get, I get a lot of chills because I don't know that they put on such a cool show because they started with the the they over the the PA system or whatever they 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 played um, the the intro yeah they uh, solved they played the the intro track and then they and then at the end of that they they then marched out in their skull death masks and then they shredded out wolves of Siberia and then directly afterward they went right into um oh god oh no, oh, no. Uh, through, uh, the a fire in the void no it wasn't a fire Diamonos. in the void yes thank you diamonos yeah so they went into diamonos and that and i was like what this is crazy and then they and I, it was a, it was a, it was a dang shame because I didn't, uh, I missed them playing. Um, my friend Grayson, he got sick. It's like midway through the show, we had to leave early, um, and as a result, I missed them playing. Lawyer trumpets, um, Gabriel. Um, I think I missed them playing uh, either Chance or Ezdegon two thousand. And maybe decades of Therion, and we are the next thousand years. But I did catch them playing uh, Conquer All and Diabolica, Ecclesia Catholica, um, and a bunch of other, and God Equals God, and a bunch of other, bunch of cool songs. And that concert changed me forever. And then over time, I quickly got all of. I quickly got stuff. a bunch of the records. I even got their black metal stuff. And I have been a huge fan ever since. These guys, probably my favorite death metal band. <laughs> Up there, for sure. Cool. Anyway, that's my number four. Thank wow. You. My number four is yeah. a lit band who I just bought concert tickets for. And the my number four is going to play with them. The one and only Deftones. Love Deftones. They, they, I remember yeah. listening to their self-titled album. I listened to it like six times, and I was like, 
really confused. <laughs> I, didn't know which, I didn't know if I liked it or if I hated it. It was really yeah. weird. And then... I, I, I know what you mean. I put them aside for a while, and then my uncle, when he gave me the drive with all the punk stuff, he had Deftones on there. And I listened to Gore, I think, at the same time as I listened mm. to Self-Titled, and I was like, what is this? this these guys are and then I listened to White Pony, and I was like, oh, <laughs> now I see what, what's up. And then I listened to, like, Diamond Eyes and then Adrenaline. I don't know what order, but then I fell in love with the band. I got the song, the albums that he didn't send me, and <laughs> there, we talked about Chino earlier. And stuff and Deftones. There was there's something weird like their songwriting is so you like who writes a song about in that way like Knife Party who writes a song about that in that format. He's just I mean knife and cut me and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, they, they Such are. Such a genius. There, yeah, it's almost genius. It's it, it it's genius inside of something again, you know, metaphors. You know, something that appears nonsensical at first, but then when you take it a closer look and you look at it from a different angle, you see you see the genius of it. You're you are you are like, oh that's the genius cool. of that what is Chino. And not even just him, um, everyone in Deftones has because they're a band. So they have a collective and like yeah. when, when, when Chi Chang died, that definitely, that was most definitely a major thing that they put into their album Diamond Eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Diamond Eyes is about Chi Chang. It's, yeah, because, and also like the title for the song, You've Seen the Butcher, is almost like a reference to exactly like to yeah. like him. Like you died to, or... To, because he wasn't he was dead yet. I just realized him. he was in a coma at the time. Yeah, but but still like um like you danced with this like you way of life. You've seen the butcher, it's like you have seen death. Like it's almost like they they've been you have it was almost like the title was this. referencing him. Yeah, yeah, him witnessing that that accident or to like him experiencing that accident and it's and him like you know, seeing death, I guess, I, I, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's how I interpret the title. But I, I do know what you mean and how that record definitely was influenced <clears throat> by his absence. Gotta love Deftones. So cool. Absolutely. So unique. Again, no other... Um, can't think of any other bands that I can compare them to a lot. Maybe Tool, but no. other than that, not really. Even then... Not really. The early stuff you can give yeah. things to, but yeah, their first record was completely different than anything else. Yeah, and that just shows you the uniqueness, how unique they are, and how much they changed. And it's cool. Mm -hmm. What's your number three? That would be Slipknot. Whoa! I know that band. Yeah. Yeah, that band of nine crazy dudes from yeah. Iowa. What? Whoa! Um, the time yeah. of the nine has yeah. begun. And we will burn your cities down. 
way are you will suffer as one. It's uh, Chavetria, the killing name for all of you that don't yeah. know. It's, it's a good the song. Opener to their um, all Hope is Gone album. Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going to try to keep this brief. So, yeah, Slipknot, I would, uh, I would not have gotten into Behemoth, Lamb of God, Kitty, Sodom, Nile, any aggressive, extreme, more extreme metal-oriented band if it weren't for Slipknot. I, I, I mentioned earlier that I didn't like their self-title upon first listen because I had never experienced anything that aggressive before yeah it 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 was it's so in your face and chaotic and it was very mind-blowing and and then the then the next time i listened to it i was like oh i'm starting to get this like oh this is cool and you know i've been a fan ever since um i start first started with flip not self-titled and uh and iowa and then i jumped all the way to gray chapter i bought a copy of of 0.5 great chapter on CD. And that one was, and that CD was also cool. I was like, oh yeah, yeah this is so pretty neat. Are um, really good. They're awesome. Yeah. Then I, then I eventually picked up volume three, subliminal verses and all of it's gone. And then already a full fledged fan, I eagerly awaited. We are not your kind. And when it arrived, I was not disappointed. Um, probably the most fun album listening experience I've had on a recent record that. And I think um, like as a whole, you know, like, and also fear not feeling like there's just something about it where I'm like, it felt like I was slipping into a pair of slippers. I was like, Oh, (laughs) this is so comfortable. I get that. It feels so right. (laughs) You know? Anyway. So, so number three. My number three is the only band on this list I've actually seen live. I've seen them live twice. Breaking Benjamin. And they're almost... Oh, yeah. I almost wouldn't... They're almost not metal, but but they're really heavy. But they're all... It's like... They're all... They're like, yeah, they're alt metal, but... Yeah. Heavier over the years, I feel like. Like their last album was yeah. the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this band was. When did I li- I listened to them in. F- uh, right, I think almost at the end of freshman year of high school. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with Diary of Jane. And then I got their greatest hits album. Mm-hmm. I felt I loved every song off of that. Then I got Phobia and Dear Agony. And I was. Like these guys are awesome. I got my mom into them, and then when we went to see them with Five Finger Death Punch, that blew me away. Mm. I've never. I, it was my. They they had a they had such a cool performance, and they really got the they really got the crowd into it. Mm. Like if he, he would just hold up the mic, and the whole crowd would just in unison know what to say, and I was like, this is cool. And then I think the reason. When I really realized, this is super cool. When I really, yeah, when I when I truly realized how much I loved them was when we saw them, basically opening for Corn. They it was co-headline, but they were basically mm-hmm. one of the a cool opener. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. there was something about that performance that 
even though they weren't headlining like when they were before. There was they, it was so good that I just sat and think, and I realized how much that I, that this band meant to me, mm-hmm. and how they they make me feel a certain way. They make me want to jump up and down. They make me want to just they they get their music gets stuck in my head more than oh maybe almost any other band. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw them with me, and they were, they were, they're perf- they were st- they were. It was magical. So fun. Absolutely. And and it, it it was especially it's weird because I, I remember listening to Breaking Benjamin's Phobia and I liked two songs and that was it. And yet when I saw them with you after you know listening after you were playing some songs uh by them. Uh, for me in our pre-listening party, if you will, yeah. um, I totally got I totally got what they were doing. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of heavy stuff in here. You you, and then there was that was just that was a fun show. And they played songs they didn't mm-hmm. when I saw them before, and that was cool. Oh, that's always nice. That was such a cool yeah. opening. They had like that drum thing, and then. They, then the, oh yeah, the the, 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 the Irie and sin. the whole crowd was like, yeah. "Oh, we all know this song." Yeah. Some people were like, "Oh, this is Breaking Benjamin, huh?" Yeah, it's like that's oh. a song that that's a classic. That's like that's a rock. That's a hard rock classic for the two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then they ended it with "I Will Not Bow" and "So Cold," and it was yeah, yeah. They 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 were having fun on stage, and you could tell that, and that. Oh. You have fun on stage, and, the, and that will that then that shows what everyone else, how everyone else is feeling. Right. So yeah, number three is Breaking Benjamin. What's your number two? The one and only Slayer. Slayer. Honestly, all you have to say is Slayer. Like you, you don't even have to say. You basically have can only say Slayer, and everyone's like, "Yep, not enough said." Yep, and that's pretty much what I'm gonna say here. It's it's Slayer. I mean, yeah, it's just Slayer. I mean, as soon as I, I, I started with their album, I don't, I am, I, I still wonder how I even started with this record. I started with their infamous. Uh, Diablos and Musica album. <laughs> it's amazing. I it was it was on sale on iTunes for six dollars, and I'm like, why not? I've heard the name Slayer. I'm gonna buy it. And and at first glance, I'm like, okay, this is okay. This is pretty good. But that record. But then I listened to Rain and Blood. It was love at first listen. I'm like, oh. That's what most people's gonna start out with, and then you just started off with their most infamous album. <laughs> yeah, just totally blind, like, oh yeah. But and it's super strange. As and so after I got Rain and Blood, I quickly got a bunch of the rest of their stuff. Um, and, you know, I've been a huge fan ever since. And the albums of Musica got better with every single additional album of Slayer that I bought because the the more I realized how like. It was its groove. 
it's groove slash thrash metal. I hate it when people call it a new a new metal record. It's not. It's groove. <laughs> uh, call it. A I'm not. Metal. I, I'm not actually mad. People call but, it new know. metal. Yes. What? I'm confused. Yes. This is a. People is, are not listening to this. People are blasphemy. Either I am listening. Either we're listening to this in a weird way, or they are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Uh, People perceive music differently, which that's fine. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Um, yeah, so again, you know, interpret music however you want, listeners. Just, Slayer. you know, do it. But yeah, Slayer, number two. Love those guys. Oh, my turn, number two. I, I probably should have prompted you. The one and only Sabaton. They are the This band probably stands out the most on this list. Because I... I've never been one for power metal, and then I found, I think my love for history and World War II and just wars in general mm -hmm. piqued my interest in this band, and I listened to The Last Stand, and I was blown away, and then I listened to all their other albums, and I was just like, whoa, and they're just a fun, they get stuck in my head all the time, they are my go-to band when I'm doing the dishes. You have no idea how many times my parents have told me to shut up while I'm trying to sing Sabaton while doing dishes. It's crazy. I mean, I, how how can you how can you not like how can you shut up when you're when you're, so you're listening powerful. to the to, to the ghost division? I mean, like yeah, or like, that song is the best chorus made to sing. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, they yeah. I they're a band I want to see live. Like they just they they have a tank. I mean, who doesn't want to see a band that has a tank with a drum? Dude. That's epic. <laughs> I that's I and again, that uh, for that band, I And then when their new album came out, I I liked it as well. I mean, it wasn't as good as the last stand, but it was still really good. And was their last stand their second most recent? Yes, that was the that okay. was my favorite record. Gotcha. That might be the yeah, most well known. So much so that you bought a back patch for it. Yes, that's my back patch. And I love yeah. it. And I do not regret it. Nice. With these top ten lists we're listening, I just realized we are we have the most we have a very varied amount of patches. Just in metal alone. For me especially. In metal yes. alone. But then I yeah. get even weirder by throwing in a bunch of punk, and everyone's like, oh. What's you yeah. doing right underneath Behemoth? Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, I like, and, and, and I think we, we might get into this in a later uh, yeah segment, but, um, you know, you and I, we, 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 we kind of come from different kind of backgrounds and like where we started ish because you, you you grew up on punk and i i grew up more on um, i technically grew, like standard grew up, rock i guess i don't know i wouldn't say i grew up on punk i technically found punk the same okay on metal okay okay I feel Sorry. Like if i hadn't found Not them bad. at the same time i wouldn't i would only like one of them mm. because i would be so used to something because i i but uh, yeah, what's your number one? 
Uh, it's tool. Duel is my number one, and it's only because this was a band that the first time I listened to them, it totally changed the way that I viewed music. It 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 was, you know, first first album I listened to was Undertow. My um, this was back. This was still back when. Their album wasn't on iTunes and streaming services. Thankfully, it is now for everybody to enjoy and stream and listen to. Um, but you know, only but like a couple, like a, a year ago, a couple of years ago, like you, you, you could only get them on CDs. Yeah, right. They and were, it wasn't until right before Fear Inoculum came out that they put all their stuff on, and then like a, like a month later, they put Fear Inoculum out. Correct, and. It, so when my when my aunt had a copy of Undertow and it was a Tool record, I, I was so excited because she she vaguely mentioned them to me when I was like, you know, in um, like on vacations or when we were hanging yeah. out at family things or whatever. But that was back when like I was still kind of getting into music. And I was still like starting to like uh, Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Metallica and all that. Um, but yeah, when I first listened to Undertow, very life-changing experience. Um, uh, Anemia took a, uh, took a little to getting used to, but that record's also great. Um, Lateralis is a beautiful masterpiece. I remember I bought that at the same time as I bought my Slipknot 0.5 Great Chapter CD. Ah, um, and that was a, and that and the title track is I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that might be the greatest song ever written. Period. <laughs> Lateralis. Just that's just that's just me. The the title track Lateralis is so brilliant and and moving to me that I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and you know, Fear Inoculum, yeah, Masterpiece. Fear Inoculum is great. All their songs. Ten Thousand Days is great. All that stuff's great. And 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 so, and I remember when I saw them live, it was a super cool experience because I saw them with you, with my aunt, and with my dad. And no other band super can cool, compare. Yeah, and I think they you one could say that they're probably the they're easily in my opinion like one of the greatest metal bands of all time and have definitely put prog metal on the map as like a, a as like a genre because i think prior to that what you had you had rush which was prog rock you know they were they 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 really put prog metal i think on the map of what people like um and they served as a good introduction point but yeah cool number one band all right me Greatest band in the world is Slipknot. And I'm not gonna say much because we basically talked about mm -hmm. reasons you like them are the reasons that I love them. Except, I well, they're yes. a band that whenever I would, and this is so happened, whenever I was, I'm angry, I found that listening to Iowa, but specifically mm. first five mm. songs, would really make me unangry. Or maybe not unangry, mm -hmm. like a tool to use 
to get rid of an anger or mm-hmm. an emotion because it's the the the, the, the album was first of all recorded under circumstances where they were all pretty they painted a lot of things like a bunch of people and they definitely hated each other they didn't they hated themselves so much so that i'm pretty sure that was yep. during that recording that cory taylor tried to kill himself if i remember i remember during it one of the screams it was it, i i think or it was afterwards i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if he if that was the thing i know the the he was going to jump off at some tale of him. It was it was volume three. It was volume three where he was where his alcoholism was uh, really bad to the point where he nearly jumped off. But then someone someone like um, a ledge. Did. His friend, I believe. But um, I remember he said during the iOS recording sessions. He at some point cut. He took like a bottle and smashed it against him, safe and mm-hmm. while screaming. And so what you hear is his actual voice, and the is actual like him in pain because he needed it to because he felt like he needed it to be more yeah. real. And this was also with with um this was done with uh the uh, producer who he was a genius, but he was very very harsh producer Ro- Ro- self-titled Ro- album he would throw pots at them until they got it right yeah and the intro yeah that guy album, he accidentally recorded because they had done they had done their album and sid wilson's fa- uh his either his grandfather or father someone in his family was dying and he said okay i'm gonna finish this album quickly and then i'll go and visit him before he dies and then he found out he died he comes into the room and he just screams and inhuman noises. And the producer happened to be there, clicks play, or clicks the record button. That's the intro to Iowa. Five on five. <sighs> yeah. But if you look at the way they've grown, they, they've grown a lot. They've changed a lot. Yeah. And they've gotten... I mean... They've gotten... Well, some some lineup changes have happened, but but they're still mm-hmm. just as heavy as they were from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that um, they settled into a better headspace following after Volume Three because um, even then, know, all hope the is majority, gone. Sessions were the not. majority. Oh no, I mean. It was only until it was only until grade chapter where they actually started feeling like pretty. They hadn't felt like pretty positive about their recording recording sessions. They felt that they hadn't worked they hadn't worked together in that that well together since their since self titled. Yeah, self titled is like universally possible their favorite recording experience, and to be honest, it's like you can feel it. You know, it says. I mean, as aggressive as that record is, but you you can definitely hear it in like the little hidden tracks, uh, the bonus things. There's a lot of positive energy going on. Anyway, great band, Legends. That's the number one. I could go on for hours, so we could even do a full episode where we just talk about Slipknot. Yep. 
pretty much. We've done that. We've just we've had conversations with nothing but Slipknot. <laughs> but, yeah, there. That's yeah. That's our yeah. That's our yeah. 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 Right now. Yeah. The insert uh, freaking stizza from Leftover Crack going, yeah! yeah. Very good. Very He's not good. even saying yeah. He's like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's, that, that's our... Well, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, again, you could listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. And... And make sure to also go follow us on all of our social medias. And please uh, share this with friends, friends, uh, with any friends, family. Spread the word. Um, Spread the gospel yeah, uh, or, of uh, what is just a couple metalheads. Exactly. <laughs> and the gospel of just a couple metalheads is just a couple metalheads talking about metal. Wow. You might love so mind blowing. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Anyway, uh, that is a wrap. See, we're just a couple metalheads. Uh, we don't have an outro. We may we- say something else, George, and then I'll stop this. Um, yeah. Okay. Keep rocking. Metal horns out. Listen to metal. <laughs>